Hello, my name is Pastor Nathan, and welcome to session two of the Relational Christianity course. It's a blessing to have you a part of this endeavor to seek quality over quantity, to take this as an opportunity to reset and evaluate your faith in Jesus. And I'm thankful that you're along with us to to ask the hard questions, uh, to pursue truth, and to have an unforgettable encounter with the living God. At this point, I hope you've gone through session one, uh, which covers our relationship with God the Father, the Creator, the Sovereign God. And I pray that it was a, a session that revealed truth to you, uh, that not only was something to to inform your relationship with God, but hopefully created opportunities where you were able to grow and understand more about who he is and uh, and also who you are as a child of his beloved and called for a purpose. In this session two, entitled Walking with Christ, uh, a relationship with Jesus, we're going to discuss exactly that. Christianity is nothing without Jesus Christ. Christianity has to be explicitly defined as faith in Jesus, the Christ, the Anointed One, the Messiah, our Lord and Savior. So in this session two, we're going to cover that relationship, what our understanding of Jesus Christ is, healthy or not. And that is is where we're going to be propelled further into the life of a disciple. Um, But before we step forward, before we're sent out as Christians into the world to be the light, to be the city on a hill, uh, to be that salt in a world that desperately needs hope in Jesus, hope beyond this world that is broken and sinful, we ourselves have to assess and evaluate our relationship with Jesus, that it is not about belonging to a group of people that make you feel good, that that is not what Christianity is about, that it's not about getting new lessons or new helpful pointers on how you can find peace and hope and success in this life, that that is not what Christianity is about, but it is about having an understanding than having an experience and encounter with the truth of Jesus Christ as the Messiah that was prophesied by the prophets, that all of Scripture testifies to him as being the solution to our problem, leading to him being the king of the kingdom that lasts forever. That that has to be the Jesus that we worship, the Jesus that we obey, the Jesus that we serve and glorify in our lives as born-again Christians that bear his name. So if we're going to go out into this world as Christians bearing the light bearing the name of Christ, we have to evaluate and not only just at one point evaluate. And this is something that is going to come up throughout this course, that this course is not uh, not designed to be a a one-off situation, that it's not meant to be something where you complete, then you receive a certificate. We don't have certificates, but that you don't have an internal a feeling of accomplishment that you you went through a course, you read all the sections, you answered all the questions in a notebook, uh, you listened to all of the, the messages, maybe you listened twice, and you were part of a group, and now you're done, and wonderful, you can put that on your wall and, uh, and know that you achieved something. But that's not what this is about at all. It was designed 
to be a tool, to be a resource that you can come back to throughout your life, that these are questions that will always be questions that are useful, that are fruitful to engage with in every section, in every session. So hopefully the first session gave you food for thought that led you to deeper truth and your understanding of God as the creator and your father. And the same thing is what we pray for for session two, that as you went through the session uh, on your own or with a group and you went through the questions and engaged through prayer and fasting and engaging with truth that God would show you your heart. I pray that this audio recap will just solidify and reaffirm truths that have been revealed and possibly, God willing, there will be more truths that are revealed during this time that you have just to sit, be still, and listen to uh, more or less an overview of what was covered in the booklet in session two. So session two, again, it's the relationship with Jesus. That has to be firm. That has to be healthy in order for us to go out as Christians that bear the name. So first and foremost, the first section in in session two, it says, if Jesus lived, I have to listen. Now, this might seem obvious. And I think those quote unquote obvious questions or areas of our faith demand attention because it tends to be our impulse to to go too quickly over the obvious things that those obvious things we have to reset to and ask ourselves why do we think that they're so obvious and maybe that will reveal that that we have have no uh, no uh, flaw in that part of the foundation that we are totally fine and again as we've said before that this booklet might just reaffirm the strength in your faith it might reaffirm that I am on the right track. Maybe you're, you're dealing with a situation where the, the truth of the gospel is being attacked. And maybe you needed just to reset to what is true. What is true about the Bible and what, what the Bible, the scriptures say about Jesus. And maybe uh, this booklet so far is just reaffirming and, and offering uh, a, a, a support to encourage you in your faith. And, and hallelujah. And we, we celebrate that. But possibly it's providing opportunities to ask hard questions and to find uncomfortable answers. So the idea that if Jesus lived, I have to listen really points to the historicity of Jesus Christ, the man. That we get so used to as Christians listening to the story of the gospel, any of the four, and we've heard it so many times and we hear the story so many times and and and. And slowly but surely, even the idea of miracles begins to, to lose its, its, its sharpness to most of us that have never experienced miracles like we see in the gospel. But because we've read the stories, we've heard them so many times preached from the pulpit or as we've done our own Bible study reading, that they begin to lose their power. And even the idea of Jesus being miraculously born through Mary begins to lose its power. It just, it's part of the story. We see nativity scenes out in front of churches or during the Christmas season, and it's just, it just becomes decoration. Or maybe we, we, we uh, recount different stories of the gospel of, of a blind man being healed or a paralytic having the ability to walk again or thousands of people that are that are hungry being fed 
by a miraculous provision from God the Father, or even just the resurrection of Jesus coming back from the dead after three days, there is the chance that those become stories that have lost power, that are just stories that we know that we're comfortable with. So if anything, when it comes to Jesus, I encourage you to get uncomfortable. Embrace his power. Embrace the supernatural quality of his life and his story and who he is. And rebuke that sense of normalcy. If we were to read the Gospels as they're reported in in the news today, there is no way we would just say, that sounds pretty normal. I've seen that before. There's nothing too special about that. It's neat. We would never have that reaction. The things that are that are written down in the Gospels are supernatural. They are, they are extraordinary. So I encourage you to get uncomfortable. So the idea of believing in Jesus as a person requires us to do a little bit of seeking. We have to look into the historicity of Jesus. Again, get uncomfortable. Don't accept the, just the Jesus that comes to us in Bible stories. But look into the prophecies. Don't get lost in the prophecies. So I pray in Jesus' name that the Holy Spirit protect you from rabbit trails that glorify people and not Jesus himself, but the prophecies in the Old Testament attest to Jesus as a person. The history attests to Jesus as a person. He lived. He lived as a man in Israel in the first century. And while that might sound obvious to many of us, while that might sound like something that is not new, I would just use this point to encourage you to look deeper into it. Because the only fruit of that will be to strengthen your faith in Jesus. And that is really the whole motivation and intent behind this relational Christianity course. The, the purpose of this course is not so that you increase in knowledge alone. But increasing in knowledge of the historicity of Jesus will achieve our objective, which will increase your faith in Jesus as Lord and Savior and as the Messiah. So if anything, take these questions, take section one of this session two, and go find some books that attest to the historicity of Jesus, because it will only strengthen your belief in him as the Messiah. So take Take that mustard seed of faith and and go and, and do some exploring. Find out why. Because no doubt, as we get further into this, this course, as we start to look into our roles of testifying to the gospel, to the people around us, to the world around us, without a doubt, your seeking of truth of who Jesus is will be used by the Lord. It will be used by our Father in heaven to bring other people into an understanding because you will meet somebody that has that question. How can I believe in all of these stories? They must just be fairy tale. They must just be myth. And unless you yourself, in the same way that in session one, unless you have encountered God 
in a real way. How can you tell people what you've seen and heard if you've never seen and heard it? So if you've never looked into why Jesus can be accepted as a historical figure, that the stories of the gospel are true, that they are factual and not just myth and legend, unless you have done that, how can you possibly embrace somebody who is genuinely seeking to know how they can believe, but they have issues with the historicity of Jesus? How can you help them? So we have to do this not so that we get puffed up in knowledge and information, but so that we can have an experience that can then be shared. So we need to be able to understand the historicity of Jesus, that he came and was real. Second section is if Jesus died, I have to repent. If he died, we have to look into the account of his death, that he did not die just to be a martyr, that nothing in the Gospels attests to him dying other than to pay our debt of sin, that that is the whole purpose of the whole thing, that we cannot look at a cross and see anything other than our personal sin being paid for in whole, in full, complete, by his wounds and by the blood of Jesus Christ, in his agony, being tortured to death, that the cross, that his death, that he died on the cross, that he gave up his spirit that he was no longer alive, that that had everything to do with our sin, that has nothing to do with anything else. So so if you have come to believe that the cross is something else, that the cross is, 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 it can be associated with your idea of sin, but sin is uncomfortable, so the cross must just mean having hope. It's a hopeful symbol. It is not a hopeful symbol unless you see the hope that God has given us through Jesus to know that we are not chained and shackled by our sin anymore, that we are not slaves to sin anymore, but that we are slaves to righteousness, being given a hope that is beyond death, that the sting of sin has been taken away. So we have to see that if we believe as Christians, if we believe and we read in the Gospels that Jesus died on the cross, repentance has to be one of the pillars of your life as a Christian. And again, this is not a one-time thing. This is not a, I accept Jesus died on the cross and therefore I will pray the sinner's prayer and then just live a joyful life where I know I'm forgiven for anything no matter what I do, that that is not the gospel. That is not the fruit of a life that's been born again that now lives for righteousness and lives according to the new covenant. If we read the Gospels, we see that Jesus died on the cross so that we would repent. That repentance is doing an about face. That repentance means to turn around. That you no longer walk in the direction that you were previously walking, but you turn around and walk the opposite way. This section causes us to ask that question. Have we just accepted the nature of Christ's death on the cross is just something that's part of the story. Something that happened that was terrible and we know that there's some greater cosmic thing that happened on the cross but I know God doesn't want me to feel bad about myself so I'm thankful he did it and that's great but I'm going to keep living my life and I'm also going to be called a Christian so that I have hope in the next life that I can have double enjoyment 
in this life and the next? Or have we taken the biblical approach and understanding to the cross that we can look at the cross and see Jesus praying for those that are murdering him and saying, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. That he's talking to you. That he's talking to me. That we are receiving forgiveness by his wounds. That we are receiving the payment of our sin that we could never pay for. That without him, we are lost to a future that has no hope. That we are constantly going to be trying to fill that void in our heart to bring us joy and peace and hope. And we will never find that thing. Although we'll get close, we'll find something that gives us temporary joy. We'll find something to give us temporary hope and peace, but it will never last. But that in Jesus' death on the cross, he is saying, turn around, repent, live a new life for him, bearing his name, born again by his spirit. And therefore, then you will have hope that lasts, peace that lasts, joy that lasts. Repentance has to be associated with our view of the cross and our experience and understanding of seeing Jesus die on the cross. The third section is, if Jesus resurrected, I have to change. So again, that falls in line with this idea of understanding the death of Jesus associated, connected, tied completely to the idea of repentance. That not only did Jesus die on the cross, paying for our sin, but that he was resurrected after three days. So while the disciples were terrified that they would follow a similar path, that they were locked inside their their homes, doubting what Jesus had told them would happen the whole time, that after three days he would rise again. Just like Jonah, he told them. It was was never a secret. Yet the flesh was powerful and they gave in to fear. They gave in to doubt. But what happened if we believe the historicity of the gospel, going back to section one, he resurrected. All of a sudden, that fear changed. That their anxiety was gone. That in the place of fear, there was confidence and courage and hope and joy. There was a transformation. So if we have said we believe Jesus as the Messiah, we believe he died, But then in our own lives, if we evaluate our lives, that we cannot see change, that we cannot see a transformation, that we are no different than when we first encountered the gospel story. This is the moment to ask that hard question. This is the moment to embrace that moment of insecurity. Because if that is the reality, if you have followed all those steps, if, if you can answer the right answer on the, on the test that says Jesus was the Messiah, I know all of the, the 360-some prophecies that prophesy that he would be who he is. I, I know all the information. I know he died. I know he forgave those that was, as he was on the cross. I know that he resurrected, yet my life has not changed. We have not embraced the gospel if that is us right now but let that not discourage you let that reality not condemn you but let that reality be an open door right now in Jesus name that God is saying embrace it now 
embrace it now. Pause this recording, stop moving through the booklet, get on your knees and say, Father, forgive me. Again, I want to see your glory and I want to encounter the power of your Holy Spirit to make this head knowledge heart change. That it wouldn't just be things you know, but it's something that you feel and something that you are. There are so many people who have gone through their whole lives associating with Christianity that have never seen anything change. That certain strongholds in their life, certain addictions have never changed. That all there is is routine, information, that all there is is knowledge and association, that there is no transformation. And I'm here to tell you that the gospel is a gospel of supernatural transformation because Jesus resurrected. A gospel of good news and new life. So those of us that say we are Christian yet have never experienced transformation, there is something missing but not something that is not there for you to grab a hold of if you don't have that there is good news because that is something that is waiting for you transformation healing victory is waiting for you because jesus resurrected and every every year you're going to see different things come through through the media of of someone that found the tomb, someone that found the body. We have proof of Jesus and nothing ever pans out because the body is gone. He ascended. They will never find it because he resurrected. The church was transformed. They went out in hope because they saw him and their fear evaporated in the place of confidence and hope regardless of the persecution because the impossible became possible and they saw that in their own lives and us as Christians in this day, whenever you are listening to this, that remains true for you. That the power of the gospel to transform has not lessened or deteriorated or vanished. That the power is there for you right now. And what is that power? That's the next section. If the Holy Spirit is real, there is always hope. And the Holy Spirit is another thing. We, we might have all the information about the Holy Spirit. We might have, have uh, memories or, or recollections of sermons that were preached about the Holy Spirit. But the truth about the Holy Spirit is that all of us who have accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior must have an experience with the Holy Spirit as a person. Now, we won't get into the, the Trinity at this moment, while this might be a moment that encourages you to look into it, but the Trinity as we know it in Scripture is three people. That the Holy Spirit is not a mist or a feeling or an energy. That the Holy Spirit is a person and Jesus tells the disciples before he leaves to be arrested, tortured, and crucified that he will send the counselor, and that he will teach you all things. And then Jesus tells the disciples, do not leave Jerusalem until the Holy Spirit comes. And then we see in Pentecost that they are 
anointed and that power infuses the church that then leads them to go out and do impossible things, but to experience impossible transformations in their cities, in their communities, and in the world. So if we've come to accept the Holy Spirit as some kind of feeling or entity or cloud or anything, we have to rebuke that. That is not the truth of the gospel. The gospel, through Jesus, by his own words, testifies that the Holy Spirit is a person, and without him, we can do nothing. That is why the disciples had to stay and wait. So maybe we've come through, to, through this far that we've understood the death, we've understood the crucifixion, we've understood the resurrection, but we've never had an experience with the Holy Spirit that we don't have a relationship, that if there was a, 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 a spot on a test to give your testimony of what your relationship to the Holy Spirit looks like and is, that we would have nothing to say. Again, take this as an opportunity to go there. To not feel condemned that you don't have the answer for the test. This is not about having all the right answers. Like we say, it's about quality over quantity. Maybe you don't have the answer, which hurts the quantity. But you also don't have the quality. And all we're about is the quality. So take this moment, get on your knees, pray and fast that you would have an experience with the Holy Spirit. Because we see in scripture that the church was anointed, that the church had an experience with the Holy Spirit and the power of transformation that they they experienced in their lives, that the power that they see, that they are able to go out and do impossible things, that they are witnessing miracles in front of them, that they are encountering people that are resistant to the gospel yet are touched and transformed and become instruments of the gospel, that all of the glory goes to the power, the source, the Holy Spirit, our teacher and counselor that is with us always while Jesus has ascended and is on the throne. There is a switch. We see that in scripture. Jesus went and is seated on the throne and the Holy Spirit comes and is with us and is our power and is our helper, teacher, and counselor. So we know that in believing the gospel, there is the side of knowing. There is the side of having the information, knowing the story. I encourage you, before you go on to session three, read a gospel. Again, there is no time limit to this course. Now, we have structured classes that we can go through, but there is no time limit. If, if you wanted to stay on a session, stay on a session. Quality over quantity. Go and read a gospel. See that everything about what's written in the gospel testifies that Jesus is a real person that people had experiences with. That there were testimonies that people walked with him, saw him, and that he died. He died testifying that he was dying for us, dying to pay the, the debt of sin. And that he resurrected. We see the power of that resurrection in the church that they transformed and went forward with confidence and courage that he is risen. And that Jesus was very clear to the disciples that you need the Holy Spirit to do what he's calling us to do. And that has never been broken, that that remains through us today as we're listening to this, that you can do nothing for the kingdom without the power of the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit is a person that we likewise must have a relationship with. Believing in Jesus and believing in the gospel, we cannot separate those. 
So again, we have to look for quality over quantity in our relationship with Jesus. Ask the hard questions. Stay uncomfortable. Fight the temptation to make the gospel normal and routine because it's not. It's supernatural and in it lies our solution and our hope for eternity. So that brings us to the end of our audio recap of session two, Walking with Christ. Remember, it's quality over quantity. I'm Pastor Nathan, and let's meet again after session three.